Welcome to It's Her Time. This is Jess and Cody. Hey everyone, on today's episode, I get to go into a fun conversation with my dear friend, Corinne Stoko. She started out with a discount and, you know, great deals blog, and then her story really transitioned into her following her gut instincts and her intuition, which led her to kind of change her ideas about what her business should should look like and what she wanted people to experience in interacting with Mint Arrow. The reason why I love this is I'm really empowered and inspired by women that make tough decisions, even though they don't know what um, the response from others will be, but still make decisions based off of gut instinct and intuition. I love it. Yeah. We're here for it, right, yes, Cody? Yes, all about it, for yeah. sure. We make a lot of decisions over here at Mixers just based off of gut instinct and knowing what the right decision to make is, even when it's really tough. And it's just things that have to be done. And it can be hard, huh, Cody? Yeah, it can be. But I'm excited to hear the things that she has to say. I think everyone listening, mm-hmm. we all can relate to having to make those gut decisions. And mm-hmm. just we want you girls to feel like empowered to do so, to really mm-hmm. trust yourselves. Well, and I think there's a great amount of relief that comes along um, for us when we act on those intuitions and making those tough decisions because you feel immediate relief knowing that it was the right decision. So anyway, stay tuned for that episode. But first, we're going to go into our Mixers Girls Say. Today, we're going to go into our Never Have I Ever Romance Edition. Fun. And we're going to just stay tuned on what our audience responds what their vote was, and I want you and me to answer as well. Okay. Never have I ever snuck out to see someone. I have or I haven't? I have. I have. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Yep, I have. I had a window that was directly onto my roof, and so it made it really easy for me. (laughs) There you go. You know what actually is a little surprising to me is like 50-50 down the middle. Like There's a lot of good girls out there. Good job, guys. Yeah, I would have thought it was like 90% have. Yeah. But okay. I love it. Here for it. Um, Never have I ever lied about what I like just to impress someone. Hmm. I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm sure I have probably, but that's not usually like me. I'm usually kind of like, I expect that not yeah. everybody's going to be into the same things I'm into. And I'm okay with that. I I feel like I've lied about things I like with food to mm. not make someone feel bad. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's not that I'm like, oh, so that you think I'm cool. It's more like, don't oh, hurt try feelings. it. No problem. Just so that I don't hurt feelings yeah. or something. And then okay. later, if things like get more like romantic, I mean, I'm mean, married now, so I'm talking about the past. Yeah. Like if things get more romantic, I was always fine being like, remember, or like, sorry, I'm saying romantic. It's like if we kept dating. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, guess what? On our first date, when I said I'm obsessed with this too, <laughs> it was actually just to not make you feel bad. Yeah. Okay. I could totally see that. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then. Well, and to that point, um, 87% of people have lied. Okay. So there so we there, go. We're not, <laughs> so most likely, even if you're saying no, like I did at the beginning, we probably all have lied. Yeah, we're a bunch of liars. Never have I ever said no to a marriage proposal. I haven't. I'm interested. Yeah, I was like, have you? Because I bet you had a lot of no. a lot of boys were wanting to nope. marry you. One and only. Yeah, I wouldn't say like a... Um, official get down on your knees, but uh-huh. definitely had some boys that said that that was their intention, that that's uh-huh. what they wanted. But and you were like, 
But then I was like, I had to tell him, nope, I already had somebody. Yeah. Well, this, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) My husband's sitting right over there. So I was looking at him, giving him a little wink, wink. I think I'm actually really intrigued to know more of these stories because 670 women have turned down a proposal. Yeah. And I want to know. Those would be good stories. I want to know more. Let's have that be a tell us Tuesday because I want to hear the story. Yes. That's fun. We totally should. Um, never have I ever dated someone just to make someone else jealous. No. I haven't either, but 47% have. <laughs> you know, <laughs> girls. <laughs> that is fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Last one. You ready? Yep. Never ever have I, nope. Never have I ever been in love. Oh, Huh. I went, I'm curious to know what the percentage is because mm-hmm. I feel like I thought I was in love in the first grade. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of times that I would say I'm in love, but you know, mm-hmm. what's the percentage, Jess? 27% haven't been in love. Huh. And I'm like you are. where mm-hmm. I'm like, I love everyone and <laughs> yeah. I fall in love I'm so, so quickly. Love. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, that's probably a bit of our some younger demographic, Mm -hmm. which we love. And maybe like times have changed and they're a little bit more like Mm -hmm. um, protective of their heart. And I think that Which is good, actually. I'm actually in support of that for sure. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science, and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com. M-I-X-H-E-R-S. All right, now let's pop into our episode with Corinne. All right, Corinne, are you ready to have some fun together? Yes. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you making the time to, you know, do this interview with me. And I know that a lot of women are going to be inspired from this conversation. Um, You and I met, which is a really fun story to share, at a female founders retreat. And I don't know if I've told you this, but I was really nervous to go. Oh, really? Yeah. That surprises me because you're so bubbly and, and charismatic and confident. No, I I was nervous to go because I think I was struggling with a, a little bit of imposter syndrome. It was like mm-hmm. my first summer being like a businesswoman. Yeah. And I was nervous to go and I knew that it was like such a stellar group of women. And so I'm like, why am I here? And the reason I bring that up is because I know this is so common among women mm-hmm. to be like, oh, but I don't belong. But then you're proven wrong time and time again. Like you show up and women just rally around each other and are so kind and supportive. And like yeah. time and time again, we're like, oh, I was wrong. But you were so kind to me at that retreat. And that was my first mm-hmm. time meeting you. And I've followed along your on your journey ever since. And I'm glad that we've connected and I consider you a great friend. And for the month of March, we're focusing on women that have had influence on my personal life, on my business partner, Cody's life, or Mixers Mm -hmm. as a whole. And you've affected my life personally, as well as Mixers. So thank you for joining me today. 
Yeah. Thank you. That's, that really means a lot to me. And I felt the same way when I met you too. I was just like, wow, who is this like happy, confident, beautiful woman who just has so much energy? No, like, where is she getting all her energy? That you was before were, I knew you where you were getting so, it. <laughs> you were so nice. And then I'm like, here, shoving her nightly down your throat. I like came oh, with no. all my goods and I'm like, take I this was like, yes, and take please. that. <laughs> no, I loved it. So for this episode, if you're okay, I would actually love to like start from the beginning of, I want to hear about your family. Who is yeah. Corinne? And I want to hear about your personal journey with Mint Arrow and how you okay. like started and got to where you are now. Because I know a little bit about your personal journey and I love that you've just followed, you know, your personal journey. And I love women that are led, led off of like intuition and yeah. following their intuition. So yes. tell us from the beginning, who are you? Where do you live? Tell us about you. Okay. So my name is Corinne Stoko. We talked about that too. People sometimes don't know how to pronounce my name, which is fine. But yeah, I live in Southern California with my husband and three little girls and a little boy that we had a COVID baby. He is just kind of my secret favorite. Um, we all, I think yeah, we all have a favorite. So, right. Well, he's just, it was funny because I was like, am I going to like a boy? Am I going to even connect with a boy? What's that going to be like? And you know, if you have a little boy, you just know they're just something... Mm-hmm. So special. But anyway, so I became a mom in 2012 and my husband and I were living in Utah at the time. And I was always like a go-getter, always had a really busy job or even like in college, my my senior year, I worked full-time and took a full-time schedule. And then after that was just off to the races, working always more than I was required. Just that kind of a person, just always really, really busy and and just thrived in being busy. And then having a baby really just took that lifestyle to a halt. And suddenly I found myself just breastfeeding and changing diapers mm-hmm. and sitting in a dark house that you know was getting dark at like 4 p.m. because it was um, early November and then into December. And so it was freezing cold, dark. I was alone. Mm-hmm. And I just had really struggled with postpartum depression. And I didn't know what that was at first until I went to my six week appointment and my doctor said, you know, how are the baby blues? And I just immediately started bawling and Mm -hmm. saying, I cry every day. And he was like, there's no need for that. So, you know, he put me on an antidepressant, which, which helped, but I also just felt very flatlined. I felt like I wasn't sad anymore, but I wasn't happy. And so that was an interesting experience and a totally different conversation, but I still was kind of feeling like, what is my motivation in life now. Like I loved being a mom. I loved, I didn't have a problem bonding with my baby. I loved her more than life itself, but the role of now I am a mother and that's it was hard for me. And it's even like, even then saying that it's like, Oh, I don't want that to come off the wrong way. Cause I truly loved having a baby and being her mother, but being a mother as my new identity was hard for me. I'm grateful that you're willing to say that. I'm grateful that you're willing to say that because I think many women feel that way and don't feel okay opening up about that. Like, I love being a mother. I'm not, my cup isn't completely full being a mother. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's such an interesting thing to look at because emotionally, as far as like my love for having a baby and having that baby and having her just suddenly become my whole entire world, that that cup was overflowing. Mm -hmm. But the cup of, am I a 
productive person? Do I get up and contribute to the world? Um, is this the, now the new existence of my life? Like it, there was something about that that left me feeling like I'm doing something wrong. Like mm-hmm. every day I'd wake up feeling like this, this, there has to be more than this that I'm going to do with my life, if that makes sense. So there was the emotional side that I felt super fulfilled in because I loved having a baby. But then that side of me that felt like, I am not being productive. Is this mm-hmm. all I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And not if there's a, if there are moms out there, which there are so many who do feel like this is this is joy. This is all I've ever wanted. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's what I planned on. Like park dates and lunch with my friends and taking my baby everywhere was going to be the most ful- like more fulfilling. Like that's just kind of feel like I feel like what I was raised to. Um, aspire to and of no fault to anyone. Like that's just mm-hmm. something that I still tell, teach my daughters. Like being a mother is one of the most wonderful things you can do as a woman. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it just felt, and so it was like the mixture of the postpartum depression and feeling like, what is my life now? Um, that, but I had friends and my mom and people who were like, you cannot sit in the house. That's part of your problem. You can't just sit there by yourself all day when in the dark, <laughs> You got to get out of your pajamas. You got to get dressed. You got to go do something. And open so the I was curtains. Like, pull the curtains back. Corinne. Yeah. Open. The- yeah. <laughs> well, even pulling the curtains, that wasn't enough. It was like, get out of your house. Stop uh-huh. sitting there alone every day. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? I can't take my baby on a walk. It's freezing. There's ice and snow everywhere. So I would just bundle her up, get dressed, get myself dressed. And we would sometimes just go get a Diet Coke. But sometimes I wanted to walk around or I was trying to push myself to actually be out of my house and the car. So we would walk around Target or the mall or Costco or wherever. Mm -hmm. And we also were on like a really tight budget at the time. I couldn't spend, I couldn't shop to spend. I was shopping to just walk around and have something to do. But my mom had raised me to be good at finding good deals. Mm -hmm. So I would just see things that were a good deal. And, And the very first thing that started all of Mint Arrow was... Um, this Jenny Lind bed, a green, beautiful Jenny Lind bed that was a full size that I was like, I have no use for this. We have a baby. And then just the two of us, we're not going to fit in a full bed, but I thought somebody might need this Jenny Lind bed. That was an incredible deal. It was something like 70% off or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I posted a picture of it and this caption on my personal Instagram, someone go buy this. And then it just kind of caught on. And I started finding other things that I was like, well, I don't need a set of patio furniture, but maybe someone else does. Someone go buy this. And Mm -hmm. so then people were like, you're so good at this. You should start a business or start a blog or something. And I thought, okay, I could do that Mm -hmm. because I actually had blogged a fair amount on, that was back when everyone had their family blogs and every weekend it would be like, I'm uploading my pictures of where we went and what our outfits were. Not not outfits like they do now. Like Mm -hmm. here's the link to my outfits, but just like this is what we did and what we wore and where we went and pictures of everything. And so I had done that in a few different blogs at that point in my life um, and had worked for... Blogspot.com. Blogspot. Yep. Everything was a blogspot. And then also I had worked a little bit as a blogger for Vivint. That was the company that I worked for full-time before I had my baby. And they kept me on just doing freelance blogging about Mm. things I was completely uninterested in. Like, (laughs) is it better to... Is is waste better being thrown in the garbage or going down a garbage disposal? And like how to have more green... Here I am pretending again that I care about waste. (laughs) 
Yes. So just things like that. They were, it was all about like green living and stuff and which is all great, but not my passion. Wasn't your passion. Yep. But I had learned how to put a blog post together and I was pretty comfortable with that. So I just started blogging about Monday through Friday, every day, um, about deals that I was finding on the internet. And, you know, we talked on my podcast about like trying things and that failed one of the things I tried was, oh, I, I, I lived really close to an overstock outlet. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy stuff and then sell it myself. That was a huge fail. That was mm. an immediate fail. What did you buy like, from overstock? Um, I remember buying this. There, it was like a table, like a console table or something. Mm-hmm. And it was cute. It looked like restoration hardware. You get rid of it. And I told, I told my husband, this is going to be a great investment. Just watch. <laughs> and then nobody would buy it. So finally, when we did end up moving, you know, um, a year and a half later, I just had to like give it away or something because mm-hmm. nobody ever bought that console table. <laughs> but it was one of the things that I was like, yeah, this is going to go big. And then it went absolutely nowhere. Hey, we so, all have our failures and we learn from and we move on quick. Look at, yeah. look at you now. <laughs> well... So anyway, so we, um, so I was just blogging for fun for the first year and a half, actually almost the first couple of years. Um, but a year into it, my husband and I just really felt like we were supposed to move to Southern California. So we did, we packed up, he got a job. I mean, it was, there's a long story there, but long story, very short. We sold our house, everything kind of, you know how, when things are supposed to work out, they just Mm -hmm. fall into place. Mm -hmm. That's how this happened. Like he got a job, our house sold quick. We found a new place to live. Like everything just lined right up and we found ourselves in Southern California. And six months later, he lost his job. Mm. So at that point I had been blogging for a year and a half. My baby was two years old and I actually had just gotten pregnant again. (laughs) So Mm. we were like, what are we going to do? And we were just absolutely stuck in this contract. Like it was not going like the housing contract that we were in. We, I was like, is there any loophole? Is there any way I sent it to my dad? Who's an attorney. He was like, you're stuck. Like you're there for, you can move away, but you're going to pay this rent no matter what for the next Mm. six months. So we were like, okay, we just got to make the best of it. And luckily my blog was starting to make some money. I made absolutely nothing the first year, but by year and a half, I was starting to make some money. And so we were like, okay, I think if I work really hard, we can probably make it barely and pay our bills. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that started. And then it went from a hobby to a full-time business. I started working full-time right then and then haven't really stopped. And the interesting thing is from that point till... um, right after Lila was born. So Lila was born in, in May of 2015. So I started the blog in 2013. She was born in May of 2015. And then when she was like four months old, I went to a women's retreat in Utah. And all between that time, I kept saying like, and I'm a really prayerful and faith-based person. So I would pray and be like, Heavenly Father, are you sure? Are you sure this is what you want me to do? Because... I, I just thought like the best thing to aspire to again was just to be a mom and that's mm-hmm. it. And I never, ever, ever in a million years envisioned myself as this full-time working mom with two kids, one or two kids. And I just felt like, oh, are you sure? Like it felt fine as a hobby thing, but once it turned into full-time working, there was this nagging guilt that kept following me around. And I think it it was with my husband too. He was also like, this isn't how I planned it. I didn't want you to be the provider. I didn't want you to be even partially responsible for providing. Like I wanted that role. You were supposed to just be the mom. 
And so we both felt very conflicted, Mm -hmm. but yet it felt like God led us to every single step from moving to Southern California, then him losing his job, then like my blog actually really taking off. So anyway, I was at this women's retreat and I listened to this speaker. His name's Greg Drubay. And he was talking about how all of the women in that room could use their influence to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Mm. if they did, this would be, he had taken the time to add up everyone's social accounts from Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, everything. And he was like, here is the impact you could potentially have if everyone would talk about their faith. And it was in the billions. Mm. And I just walked away from there going, oh my gosh, this is it. This is why. And if I can convince people to buy the greatest pair of skinny jeans or the best flat iron or whatever that's on sale. And I, like, I know I can, can I've, I have that trust with people. Why would I not share the thing that is supposedly the most important thing to me? Mm-hmm. And before that, it was always this huge separation of business and faith and they could not mix. They couldn't overlap. It was like, if I owned a bake, um, a bakery, I would never put in front like, hi, my name's Corinna. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Come on in. I was just, I envisioned, there was just something about business that I was like, you just don't mix Mm -hmm. business and religion ever. Um, But I walked away from that feeling so strongly that I was like, this is it. This This is why God gave me this opportunity to influence and impact so many people. So I, I just kind of like dove right in. I did something that I feel like not many people have done since or before, or I hadn't really seen very many people do, mm-hmm. but I held up a copy of the Book of Mormon and I said, this is my favorite book. I read it every day. Um, I'd love to share it with you. That was in the time of Periscope. So I got on a Periscope. Oh yeah, I remember with, Periscope. Yeah, with a set of missionaries and just answered everyone's questions. And and there were some antagonistic people, but a lot of people who were there just to listen and and become informed and, and understand even what mm-hmm. our faith was about. And, and it just really... Ever since then, even though that's not the thing I talk about day and night, um, it has given us total purpose and total peace and total reassurance that, yes, this is exactly what God wanted us to do. And as soon as I found that really strong purpose, Neil and I were both like, yep, we're all in, Mm -hmm. on board until God tells us not to. Like, this is obviously, this was all within his plan. And so ever since then, I've never questioned it. I've never felt like, mm-hmm. oh, am I doing the right thing? I just feel like this is all how it was supposed to be. And so, and and I feel truly also, there are so many people out there who are trying to do fashion blogging or even deal blogs or whatever. Um, and I don't feel like I am more talented than the next person or more beautiful and certainly not more skinny than a lot of the people out there. But I feel like, because we have been ever since then, because we've been willing to open our mouths about things that I feel like God really wants to be spoken about and talked about. I feel like he's just blessed us immensely. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is where all of our success has come from is being willing to put God's will first. And then everything else has just fallen into place. Mm -hmm. And that's just how we've run our business and, and how we try to run our lives. So... Well, anyway, that's it. That's the story. No, I I love your story, and thank you for sharing such a such a personal story. Um, and for anyone that's listening here today, like when Corinne is speaking about like being led, some of you may relate to like just having a natural intuition or like yeah. a pull towards something that you can't necessarily always explain why, and 
The reason why I wanted to talk to Corinne about this is because I have seen in my experience with business how powerful a woman's like gut instinct Mm -hmm. and intuition is. And all of us may refer to that feeling or that direction as something different. And where that power is coming from may be different from one person to the other. And the reason why I wanted to have you specifically talk about this is because I have had to make some personal decisions Mm -hmm. as a woman in business that are really hard and that are really causing issues with relationships because some business things can go sour or I'm having to make a really tough decision for a team member Mm -hmm. that I know this is going to be really hard. And like these decisions have to be made and they have to be made by a woman that's willing to do the right thing, even though it's at a hard time. Yes. Yes. And so I, I wanted to have you talk about what are what was some of like the feelings that you had like when you when you started sharing some of the the content essentially mm-hmm. that you wanted to where yes you said that you were still sharing deals you're still sharing like great discounts and things like that yep. but like then when you did add in this whole other element like what was the response you got personally but also from your audience by being mm-hmm. authentic to yourself Yeah. And that was a big one. So that first time that I shared about our faith and how the the copy of the Book of Mormon, I lost 3,000 followers overnight, Mm -hmm. which at the time, I think we were at like 33,000. That was a big loss for me. Mm -hmm. It would still be a big loss today. But at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, we worked so hard for all Mm -hmm. those followers and we just Mm -hmm. offended people or turned them off or whatever. Ironically, I feel like that has been one of the strengths of our business is just the more that we're really, really upfront about this is who we are. This is what's important to me. This is, I'm not going to stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. The more it has strengthened our audience in two ways. First of all, I think it creates a lot of trust mm-hmm. because people are like, if you're willing to talk about something that you know you're going to lose business over, then I really trust you. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I feel like when you are more about like, hey, like maybe you're, it's going to gross you out that we're talking about periods. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. You're going to just create an audience that is more like-minded and you're zeroing in more on your ideal customer or for me, a person who, yes, like they obviously, it's hard to find a woman out there that doesn't care about like fashion or good mm-hmm. deals. Like that's yep. that's pretty universal, not universal, but like a great majority of women do like that. But also people who are seeking guidance, truth, faith, you know, a greater connection with God, those things, even if they are not the same religion as me, and I get a lot of those messages, just that like, hey, I don't belong to your church, but I love that you talk about God. I love that you talk about your connection or praying or even meditating or having peace in your life. And those things are important to the people that follow me. And so for whatever your business is, if if you feel, and here's a good example, I feel absolutely zero calling to talk about politi- political politics, things, yeah. politics. I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. That is <laughs> not my you. calling. <laughs> <laughs> but for some people it is. And mm-hmm. I have a friend who's been super vocal about how she hates masks and she thinks masks are ridiculous. And let's mm-hmm. take the masks off of kids. And she just put a post up last night about, okay, I know I've lost a lot of followers and made people really mad talking about this. But also when she did this big protest here, 
She had so much positive mm-hmm. um, people cheering her on because she's like, I was willing to lose a ton of followers by talking about what was important to me. And then when I did the thing that I knew I needed to do, I had all these people, the right people who stuck around rallying. So I do, I think it's so important to be authentic and to talk about those things you feel called to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that I, I totally agree with you with like, you can call it the universe or your intuition or whatever your higher power is. And, and I'm very, very, this is one thing I am sure of is that everyone in order to live their best life has to have a higher power. Mm -hmm. There has to be something out there bigger than you, or you're not going to find happiness. That's Mm -hmm. just the way it is in my eyes. So whatever you want to call that or identify that as when you are willing to listen to that voice or those promptings or that push, or just the tug of like, I feel like I need to do this or that that's I'm being pulled here or say no to something. That's when you're going to live your best life. That's when you're going to live the life that you were created to live. Well, and when you talked about forming more loyalty with your audience Mm -hmm. and like, I love that you shared to like, so publicly, like you lost 3000 followers. I agree. Like if that were to happen to mixers, yeah, we would be like straight panic. You know, like (laughs) that's your, that that is your business. However, you're so spot on when um, you stick true to who you are, the people that like want to be a part of what you're doing come flocking. And something I've really had to learn um, with my own business, with mixers, is that not every person or not everything you're doing is for everyone. Like you don't, you can't, you, there's absolutely no possible way to have 100% of people love what you're doing or love what you're talking about or love the message that you are sharing. There are people out there who hate avocado toast. I don't even know how that's possible. Right. How could you? Yeah. (laughs) But there are people for every one of us. So like creating that loyalty and being like true to who you are or who your brand is or what your purpose is, it like brings people even like even more bought in on what you're doing or what you're sharing. And I say bought in as in like, I don't mean as a business term actually, but term actually buying something. But I'm saying like they're all in on like yeah. what you're doing because they feel that connection. They feel that uh, you're sharing something that maybe most wouldn't because it feels a little scary. Or like for yes. us, we're opening about up about topics that the mass majority are like, what? We're going to talk about that, you know? Yeah. And it, yep. it does. It brings, it brings the right people in. It really does. Yeah. Um, what is your, like, do you have aspirations for Mint Arrow? Like you've gone and made it. You mm-hmm. have this. Yeah, I've, I've not seen, made it, but. <laughs> you, yeah, you have. I have seen personally from mixers, like the type of following you have um, when you share something, because we are a business that loves working with you, and like you, you're, you have a very loyal following, which is due to a lot of um, honesty from you with your audience and building those relationships. So I'm really like I respect that a lot. Like, what is a goal for you? Like, do you have like an aspiration of like something you want to achieve and like or a place you would love to go and have an experience or someone you'd love to speak side by side with? Like, what is something that you're like dreaming for ongoing? Yeah. Such a great question. 
Well, it's been interesting having this you know, whole social media journey that started out with Mint Arrow. And we just recently switched my Instagram handle to Corinne Stoko. And now we still have Mint Arrow, but that's where all of like our blog and deal content is going. And that switch happened because I feel like, okay, it really is for real finally time this year that I've got to write a book. Mm, And wow, yeah, in 2015, I was in Rwanda, Africa, with Kate Spade, not the person, but the brand, Mm -hmm. with um, a bunch of the senior executives and people that were, um, we were all there for the purpose of interviewing the women who work in the factory for the Kate Spade on purpose brand, which is like their handmade brand. Um, And so we were at a dinner with the US ambassador of Rwanda and all these executives at Kate Spade and then all these other women in publishing and at, you know, from Vogue and from just, and other blogs. And so everyone went around that night and said like one goal they had, one thing that they wanted to manifest. And at that dinner, I said, I want to write a New York York Times bestseller. (gasps) And I knew that I wanted that to happen, but it didn't really, it didn't really come to fruition for a few years. And I was okay with that. I just kind of kept feeling like it's, we just need to build. We just need to keep building, keep growing, keep building. And then the podcast happened for us where it was like, it was waking me out of it, waking me up out of a dead sleep. Mm -hmm. I would wake up and be like, I, okay, like I need to start this podcast. I know I need to. So we started doing that. We've been doing that for three years. And then that's, that's the thing right now that like this year, I'm like, it's time. I can't put this off any longer. So that's one of the things that I did to really push myself was have that Instagram handle change Mm -hmm. because I knew if I wrote a bestseller book, people wouldn't go to Instagram and look up Mint, Mint Arrow. Arrow. They'd they look, would up look up your for my name, name, the author's name. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of my next big thing. And it's scary to put that out there because it's like, it's the, what if I fail? What will people think of me? And I really have to put in front of what will people think of me, put in a higher priority am I doing the right thing for me? And right. is this what God wants me to do? And if that if that's all in alignment, then it actually doesn't matter. And if I don't make the New York Times bestseller list, at least I tried and I did mm-hmm. what I felt called to do. So mm-hmm. I'm that's here the to next su- big I'm thing. here to support you on your journey to Thank writing you. your own book. I will be one of the first purchases of your book for oh, sure. Oh, thanks, Jess. Um, I have one last question. I have personally been going through this transition over the last 18 months of Mm -hmm. like switching roles in my home. And I actually like didn't plan on asking this, but I wanted to ask you this if, and it's just coming off the fly. So we have transitioned roles in our home and now Mm -hmm. I am full-time working. I absolutely um, have gone through all of those emotions of Am I supposed to be doing more? Am I supposed to be out of the home? Is Am I supposed to desire to have something outside of motherhood? Because I too, um, like, like most mothers, am obsessed with my kids too. Yeah. Um, but I had this pull and then, you know, the pandemic really changed my husband's career and brought us stateside. And we made the decision in our home that I really wanted to chase after mixers. And in that, I knew it would be a lot of time and dedication outside of the home. Um, And it was our decision to have my husband stay home and be the 
you know, main provider for our kids and in our home um, for he takes care of the house, does all the cooking, does all the laundry. He does a better job at all of it than I ever did. (laughs) Um, But is that what you and your husband still have? Or does he have a job now and he's out of the home too? Tell me about kind of your roles in the home and how you guys balance. And there's no such thing as balance. I actually hate using that word, but how do you guys like, (laughs) How do we make it work? Yeah, co-parent and you're doing an incredible job with Arrow and Corinne Stoko, um, which requires time. So how are you guys finding that like management of parenting and finding time for your relationship? And what have you kind of implemented to have that uh, work in your home? Well, how much time do I have? (laughs) Yeah, well, right? I know. I'm like, I no, could, I, I could have like you four episodes just about yeah. this. Right? We really could. I'll give you a short-ish answer. So my husband does work and he works full-time with me. That wasn't mm-hmm. always the case. When mm-hmm. he first, going all the way back to the story about losing his job, when he first lost his job, we were like, well, maybe we should just work together. And he was like, well, what do you want me to do? And I was like, uh, I don't know. So I just started giving him tasks that I didn't want to do or didn't have time to. And that was a disaster that lasted like three days Mm -hmm. because it was like, he was my assistant. Mm -hmm. So then we actually had a doTERRA business, which we still have. It's just kind of on the back burner. We don't, we don't actively grow it anymore, but we basically learned how to work together because he ran our doTERRA business while I ran Mint Arrow. And Mm. once a month we would get together and have a meeting and figure out how to market it. And then he would just go with it. Mm -hmm. And so we did that for like three years until it got to the point where we, it came to a head where it was like, you know, no man can serve two masters kind of a thing where it was like, we can't do doTERRA and really do it well and do mint arrow and really do it well. We're just at the point where we've got to go all in on one and we Mm -hmm. felt better about mint arrow. So that's what we did. So he now works full time with me and he does the podcast and he is our CFO. So he runs all of the financial stuff. He works with our team. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and he does a lot of the business stuff that I don't want to touch. So Mm -hmm. we work together really well now because we learned how to work together and stay in our own lanes and not cross over and not get into each other's business. Um, but that requires having help. So we have help. We have a nanny, Mm -hmm. we have, someone who helps us with the laundry. We have a lot of help in our home and that's going to be different for everybody. There are people who hate making dinner. They hate cooking. For me, that's like a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. So I still love to make our dinner every night, even though it's one more thing because that gives me life. That makes me feel creative and happy. Mm -hmm. But doing laundry gives me absolutely no life. Like it makes me feel like, oh, I'm always behind. There's always a pile. There's always something. So we just had to get really good at being specific about, okay, what are the needs in our home and with our kids and with our family? And what what do we feel good about outsourcing? What can we outsource? And then what do we want to do ourselves? So there are still things that are super important to Neil and me. And we we kind of adopted this idea of being at the crossroads mm-hmm. that we like to be there. I'm when thinking kids... of the Bone Thugs and Harmony song. Sorry. Oh no, I don't being... know the song. Oh, but... there's a song called Crossroads. So immediately when you said that, I was like thinking of this good song. I'll send you a link to the song. Yeah, How about that? I need to hear the song. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the being at the crossroads is important to us. So we, um, one of us typically takes the kids to school every day. And then we try to always have one of us 
bring them home too. And, and then during those exact school hours is when we have a nanny come. So she's there helping with the littles while the big kids are at school. And to me, mentally, the way I've kind of felt like this is what's right for our family and worked it out for me is that someday our littles will go to school too. And those are the hours that they'll be in someone else's care. And, and so for us, that's enough time for me to typically get my work done. There Mm -hmm. are busy seasons where I stop, we do dinner, we do bedtime, and then I work till midnight. Right. But when it's not a busy season, that eight to three is enough for me to get my work done. And so that is what we've worked out as a family and what feels right for us. Um, but it's going to be different for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I, I totally know that. And I know that I, like I have friends who they feel so much more fulfilled as a mother if they have one day off a week where somebody's mm-hmm. coming into the home and helping them. And then like, it sounds like you guys have really worked it out where your husband is doing some of that. And then you're working full-time and mm-hmm. you guys have switched roles. And I just think you've got to be really, I think the key to all of this is caring more about what's best for your family and what you mm-hmm. feel right about and letting go of any worry about what other people think. Yep. When you when you actually said we learned how to work together, I was like mm-hmm. that's it because there's not one set way to co-parent. Uh there's no. not one way that you guys that you know you can provide in your home. Like every home can look different and every home like there's there's spouses that are learning where mm-hmm. they want to give, where they want to take, what they're interested in doing in the home, what they would love to pass off, things like that. So I, I love you for talking about that for a minute. And I am so grateful that you took this time today to share with me personally about, you know, the journey that you've been on with Mint Arrow. And now I'm so happy to know about your Instagram handle change to Corinne Stoko and the book. I yeah, can't wait for that. You. When do you have like a timeline that you're thinking of? I know that that's like a project, but like, do you have a? I don't yet because what I'm hoping to do is get um, get a really good proposal out, mm-hmm. and then hopefully work with a publisher on a timeline. So they're going to give me the timeline. I'm going to stay tuned with so. you on that because as a friend, I want to be along for that with you. And um, okay. I hope you know I'm here to support you through that. So Thank you. tell everyone here how to find you. I'm assuming that most of them already know how to find you, but tell them. Okay. So I'm at Corinne Stoko on Instagram, C-O-R-R-I-N-E, Stoko, just like it sounds, S-T-O-K-O-E. And then Mint Arrow is still where we share deals and, you know, little mom hacks and shopping tips and gift guides and clothing guides and all kinds of things like that. We still blog Monday through Friday. I have an amazing team. And I should have said that too. I have an amazing team of seven girls who help me and they work really hard and I'm super grateful for them too on our business. So so yeah, that's kind of where we are. And then our podcast is Mint Arrow Messages too, where we talk about meaningful messages from principled people like you. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for talking about, you know, following intuition, being inspired and, you know, living a life that's authentic to you. So thank you so much, Corinne. We'll talk later. Okay. Thanks for having me. 